Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I got three words for you. Looks it up to Jefferson. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Touchdown, Kansas City! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Uh oh, uh oh, Stewart and LeBron. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, Cardinals running back James Conner. Still to come, NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. Plus, complete NFL Week 11 breakdown and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. What a great chat with James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals, who are 9-2, and two, and he just keeps scoring touchdowns and touchdowns and touchdowns, and um, the team goes on to the bye week as, a, as the one seed. And their next opponent is the Chicago Bears, and there's a shrug emoji there, man. That's for darn sure. That's a shrug emoji right there. Uh, and, and what I mean by that normally is that you can't tell, but this time it's just like, okay, Good luck. That, that reeks of 10 wins right there coming off of a Thanksgiving week. Uh, Nick Sirianni of the surging Philadelphia Eagles. He is going to join us, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, here on this Monday of Thanksgiving week. Uh, we've got Ron Rivera on tomorrow's show as the Washington football team will wind up taking on the Seattle Seahawks in a Monday night football game where one would say it's uh, that's that's the maker you could – that's the break for the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know if there's anything to make right there. That's something I want to talk about with Daniel Jeremiah. Um, who Chris was about to join us. Chris Brockman, good to see you where you are over hey, there. Hey, Rich, what's up, what's up? Uh, TJ Jefferson and Mike Del Tufo hey, in their usual spots as well here in hour number two of our program. And then here's you at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Let's have a conversation today here on this busy Monday of Thanksgiving week. Week number 11 wraps up tonight. The Bucks and the Giants, I'll be doing the honors of the uh, pre game and halftime show of Monday Night Football on Westwood One. But joining me right now is a guy who calls radio games locally here for the Los Angeles Chargers. What a game that was last night uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Chargers going back and forth in the fourth quarter. Special teams touchdowns, defensive scores. It really was off the charts last night. He called it here locally, and he's also uh, my buddy from the NFL Media Group and along with Bucky Brooks hosts the uh, conglomerate that is Move the Sticks, my friend Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, DJ? I'm doing great, Rich. A little bit of a short night, but uh, as always, the Chargers play entertaining games. <laughs> Man, that was really a blast. It really was. And Big Ben played his head off, and um, obviously so did Justin Herbert. What did you take out of that Sunday night football game in person? Well, I mean, look, yeah, I, I agree with you on all those counts. I mean, 
give Ben a lot of credit. That was a, a Steelers team that's averaging 19 points a game and found themselves down 17 uh, late in the ball game for him to bring them back and and uh, and get the lead. It was a, it was impressive what he was able to accomplish. But you know, I thought Herbert, Rich, when he when he does what he did last night, which is use his legs and be decisive. Um, that's a whole different element that you got to worry about as a defense. And that, to me, is kind of a game-changer for this offense because Eckler, you know what he can do, running and receiving. You're going to try and dedicate resources to slow down Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams. And then next thing you know, oh, yeah, we forgot to account for the six foot six, 240-pound quarterback who runs a 4'6". Um, that, that was a whole different element to this offense. So why, why do we see that? Uh, last night and then in other games like against the Ravens this year, you just don't. Is he still just growing? Is he learning? Is it the offensive scheme? What 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 is it that may, might give Chargers fans an idea that last night is, is the default as opposed to being a little up and down all year long? Well, I think it was a little bit of the plan last night. You know, I talked to Brandon Staley after the game. He mentioned you know, with Pittsburgh being without Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick, he thought they would try and dedicate some extra resources to slow down Keenan and Mike. And so that was going to leave the middle of the field open because they're going to have nobody left for Justin. So I think it was a little bit game plan specific for him to be a little more aggressive with his legs. Um, but there's been times, you know, Baltimore's is a game I think a lot of people will point to um, where they were just kind of weren't in rhythm. Um, and I think this offensive line, Rich, who's, which is completely new from, from left to right, completely new. Um, I think that that Baltimore game, they got some run through pressures, um, and they had some issues up front. I, I thought they've, uh, they've really, really come on. Slater's been awesome all year long. Really, that left side has been really good uh, with Corey Lindsley at center, Filer at left guard, and Slater. That right side after Odeabushi got hurt. You've got Schofield, who's filled in there, who who keeps getting better and is playing a little bit better each week. And at the right tackle, Storm Norton, who took a lot of abuse um, for, for some of his early play early in the season with Belaga out of the lineup, and I think he's steadily gotten better. So I, I think that's why you're seeing uh, this offense kind of wake up a little bit here. One of the things I took out of last night's Sunday night game, Daniel Jeremiah, is that uh, the Chargers are the only team left in that division based on the Raiders losing again and the Broncos being way too inconsistent, certainly at the quarterback position for me. The only team that can truly pump the brakes on, the Chiefs are back and thus going back to the Super Bowl because the Chiefs do look like that they're back. They've got their mojo, their swagger, whatever you want to call it. Chris Jones is playing his head off, and and that may be maybe just as much of the reason why than, than Mahomes playing better. Um, but uh, the Chargers playing. This is headed towards a showdown, man. This is going to be uh, Thursday night football late in the year when the Chiefs come to SoFi. Right, and 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 the the Chargers have already beaten them. They got in the back pocket the tie break right now. So that's the thing that I'm looking for. Is we're focused on on what the the Patriots are now doing and the Bills stepping all over themselves in the and the North. Um, the Chargers are kind of that that team that could truly win this conference as well if they play like they did last night. Yeah, and I think this this Charger team, and it's been this way for a few years, I think they're better when they're kind of in that hunter mode instead of being hunted. Um, I think, you know, like they beat the Chiefs early in the year, and I think everybody was kind of uh, was all over them. And then they've lost three of their last four coming into that game last night. And, uh, and I think they kind of became a little more of that hunter mentality, just really, really aggressive attacking uh, with what they were doing vertically down the field. Um, you know they didn't they didn't get the fourth down uh, deep in their own territory, which could have almost cost them the game. But I thought 
after a Minnesota Vikings game where they were punting on the other side of the 50, it just kind of seemed like they were out of their character a little bit. And they got back to being aggressive last night. Uh, and if they keep that, you know, that was, a, that was a game last night, Rich. They didn't have three defensive linemen. They were missing in that game. And they put pulled a bunch of guys up off the practice squad and, they kind of just scrapped and clawed and, and found a way to win a game that the Chargers traditionally haven't called these games for four years. Those are the types of games that get away from them, and they were able to uh, stop that from happening last night. Daniel Jeremiah right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So um, what did you take out of Chiefs-Cowboys from yesterday, Daniel? Well, I think uh, what probably a lot of people took away is that the Chiefs' defense is so much better um, than it was early in the season. They are starting to figure things out. And Chris Jones is a, you know, he's a legit defensive player of the year candidate when he's rolling, and he is rolling. So that changes things. Offensively, I still don't think they're totally in sync. I mean, this is not the offense we've seen in years past where, boom, you know, it's, if they put three touchdowns on you in a heartbeat. Um, I, I don't think they've totally found their identity yet offensively, which I guess you could say is probably scary, right? Um, so there's still a work in progress there. Um, but they do this every year, Rich. The defense that you see at the end of the year is so much better than the one you see at the beginning of the year. I feel like we fall into that trap every year and right off their defense. And Steve Spagnuolo kind of figures it out, and and, uh, and they get better as the year goes along. What about Dallas, DJ? What about uh, missing? You know, when you're missing the pieces that they're missing, right. um, I, I think you really felt it with Tyron Smith. Um, that offensive line, I think, has done a nice job of holding up and, and, and making it go as best they can. But now you you take out what you're missing with Amari Cooper. Um, you have the offensive line issues. I know one thing. I'm, I'm sitting there watching the tape this morning on the other side, and if I'm Micah Parsons' agent, I'm saying, uh, yeah, my, my client will only be playing as an edge rusher from here going forward because I've looked at the numbers for what you get paid as an off-the-ball linebacker versus what you get paid as a pass rusher. Right. And this dude's going to be – he's going to be a 15 – if you let him just play full-time on the edge, he's going to be 15 sack guy. So he's your – is he a defensive player of the year candidate, period? Forget about the rookie I stuff. I think he's entering into that territory. I'm telling you, if they let him play off the edge like he did in that game, um, he's going to rack up sacks, and then now you're going to look up at the end of the year, and he will have, you know, 14, 15 sacks. Um, and you know he's going to be playing in a lot of big games with a lot of exposure. A lot of people are going to be paying attention to him. So I don't think that's a crazy statement. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, I'll set you up with something that I've just discussed uh, here uh, to end the previous hour, uh, DJ, and that is. What what could possibly be worse for Matt Nagy than coming off a bye with that egg laid and coming off the bye after Justin Fields had his best performance in front of the whole country against mm-hmm. the Steelers and the Ravens come in with Tyler Huntley of the University of Utah fame and last minute, like, emergency, Lamar just can't go, but he took the flight start, right? Like, the kid did probably mm-hmm. did not. He probably had a sense of things, but... Didn't know, maybe, uh, until, you know, <laughs> at least 24 hours before the start. And they come away with the win in Chicago. What could possibly be worse? What is your sense of Fields, the way he's being handled, his his uh, his processing, and so forth, Daniel? Well, I thought you were seeing steady improvement culminating in what you mentioned, just a real, you know, bright spot here before you come into this game. Um you know, that, that's the encouragement. That's where you find the encouragement. The hit was weird. I mean, I watched that, the tape of that. It, 
didn't really see exactly where you know, how he got uh, messed up so bad on that one, but he's taken some big shots um, since he's been out there. They've got a lot of work to do around him now because of the cost of acquiring him. You're you're missing some draft capital going forward. Um, it's going to be challenging to try and build around that. But no, I, w- I would say that was that was a win that Matt Nagy absolutely had to have and didn't get. Um, so what is so, it? Is it know, a scheme issue where or, or he's just going through the rookie pains? Like I, I was saying, start him to take your lumps, and he's taking yeah. his lumps. So what is it from what you're saying? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a combination of them trying to learn him and what makes him comfortable. Um, I thought early in the season they were there was no play action in what they were doing, which is where he functions best, and uh, and getting him on the move and play action that gets him comfortable. Um, I thought you started to see more of that as the season was going along. That's why I'm saying I thought they were kind of, they were trying to uh, they were showing signs of learning what makes him comfortable and helping him in that regard. But they're also just not very good up front. They just don't have the guys. Um, so that's the combination platter, right? Is is trying to put the right pieces around him and then trying to figure out what he what he's comfortable with. And I thought they were making some progress uh, there, but man, it, you can't make progress when he's when he's at the local hospital. Well, in terms of the uh, the fight for uh, best rookie quarterback season, uh, we've thrown in the damn towel to use the Rocky <laughs> phrase right now. That thing's <laughs> over with Mac Jones. Have, have do you think we've seen? You know, with Zach Wilson, finally we're expected to see him come back with his injured knee, and Trevor Lawrence has really not had any traction at all. Trey Lance hasn't even gotten out there. We've seen Justin Fields. Do you think we're going to see any development, you know, straight up, arrow pointing up out of any of these rookie quarterbacks outside of Mac Jones from this year? Well, I'm still I'm still hopeful for, for Zach that he's going to get a chance to get out there and play a big chunk of, you know, the rest of the season. There's a lot of games left. Uh, for him to be able to grow. I know, you know, kind of talking to them, they thought that there was, you know, strides being made there in kind of, you know, the practice field through film and, and kind of what they were seeing. And, and then he goes out and gets hurt. Um, but, you know, I, I still believe in that kid's ability. Um, they need to get him out there and keep him healthy and, and do a better job of protecting him. Man, I don't know when – I haven't checked in to see when Beckton's coming out, but it feels like he's been gone forever. He has been. Um, yeah, he has been. Well, there, there's a good reason for that then. Yeah, yeah. He has been. He, so, he's been out since since uh, the first week of the season, Yeah, DJ. The, the good news is, I guess, if you try and find um, some hope there in Jets land where it's been uh, it's been pretty abysmal season, Rich, as you're well, well aware – um, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, they, they, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, they've, they've got some good young pieces. They just need a lot more of them. Fortunately, they've, unlike Chicago, if you're kind of forecasting, they, at least they've got the ammunition to get that done. Daniel Jeremiah here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. So who's the best team in the NFL right now? We're entering Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I've got my mulligan of my Super Bowl pick on game day morning coming up on Thursday. Um, two weeks ago, I swapped the Chiefs out for the Titans here. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of staying put. I'm thinking of staying put uh, with the Bucks taking on the Chiefs for the Super Bowl. Thinking about staying put, Daniel. What do you think of that idea? Uh, I think I feel okay about that. I mean, talk to me next week, and I'll feel terrible about it. It's I mean, kind of crazy, right? This year, it truly ridiculous. is like that, Daniel. Right? But you're the guy who's all 22. I mean, you're the scout. You you can look over the steering wheel. I'm just a knee jerk guy. You know, no, I'm, I'm looking at. I've been I've been uh, a huge Buffalo Bills proponent. I don't even recognize their team. Um, you know, if you're watching like right now, like who 
you know, who would scare me if you're going into the playoffs? It, it probably would be two teams in the AFC that I would be really scared about, and that would be the Colts with the way they're playing, as physical as they are, just beating people up uh, with Jonathan Taylor. And I would say that, to me, if you look at all the AFC contenders, mm-hmm. the Patriots' defense is the best unit. So, you know, are they, are they the most complete team? They're the best offense? No and no. But the defense has been so dominant and has made all these quarterbacks look terrible. Um, and that's just its just like a classic Belichick coaching job this year. I mean, they are, they are putting guys in positions where they can make plays, and you're looking out there at names of players that play on other teams and are just average, and all of a sudden Adrian Phillips, you know, he's got a cape on playing for the Patriots. And, and Kyle Van Oy goes back there, and he's right back to what he was. Um, it's it's pretty incredible what Belichick's been able to do. Yeah, I mean, you could say they were the winners of Week 11. You know what I mean? I mean? Because they're in first place now, the Patriots. They're in first place now. You know, the Ravens did win, um, but the Titans lost. They could, yep. they could, they could with with another win, and the the Ravens lose to the Browns on Sunday Night Football, which is possible. You put it all together. The Patriots could emerge from Thanksgiving weekend leading the conference, Daniel. Yeah. They're right there. They're right there. And, you know, what's funny is, uh, you know, I was looking at, at, uh, at Tua's numbers the, the other day, mm-hmm. and I'm comparing them to Mac Jones, and I'm like, there's really not a whole lot of difference between what Tua's doing and what Mac is doing. But, man, the, the defense of the Patriots is just – they're shortening games. They're you know they're they're able to get short fields. They're just making it just it's just unbelievable what they're doing on that side of the ball. And and this is kind of a throwback. It's a throwback era, right? Control the clock. I think the Patriots run it more than anybody in the league. And they're playing great defense. And tail as old as time. And the winner in the NFC for Week Eleven, Daniel, to me is Arizona because mm-hmm. they got two wins um, out of. Colt McCoy, and not just any two wins, wins against division opponents and on the road, I might add. And I know that Colt said, that's my job, it's my responsibility, which is a great quote. Uh, And that's true, but he still did it. And without DeAndre Hopkins, too, and the Rams were off, and the Cowboys and Packers both lost. You know, we'll see what happens tonight. We're assuming the Bucs are going to win. But other than that... Arizona is going to emerge from their bye week, regardless of what happens in first place in the conference at nine and two. No one be able to catch them. The Packers would be nine and three if they beat the Rams. That's a huge game this weekend. But what do you what do you make of uh, the NFC playoff picture before I let you go on your Thanksgiving week, Daniel? No, Rich, you you bring up a great point. The Cardinals are getting ready for show today and we're we're uh, kind of looking at all these different teams and all these different games and i and it's hilarious i'm sure you're doing the same thing they're like well the packers didn't play well yeah but they don't have jr alexander um you know the steelers their defense was terrible yeah but you don't have tj watt you don't have Minka Fitzpatrick. the arizona cardinals didn't have their quarterback you know and they go out and, and find a way to win games i mean that that to me is a i don't care how bad the seahawks are you still that's a tough place to play um, and to go up there with your backup quarterback and win by double digits, which I think they've done now, what, five or six times in a row on the road, winning by double digits. Um, yeah, you got to stand up and take notice of what they're doing. I don't know how you'd say anybody other than them is the team to beat the NFC right now. Yeah, did you see Pete Carroll uh, start his press conference and then leave it and then return because he just, you know, they're 3-7. and seven. He said he's not used to this. 
and he doesn't want to get good at it, meaning explaining away a loss. Like, it's eating him up. You could see that. And I know every coach that's been around a long time and is, you know, advancing in age always tells me that the wins don't last as long. The feeling of euphoria doesn't last as long as the dreadfulness of a loss. You got to wonder, like, what what he's thinking up there in Seattle right now. Well, they're 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 the and the most. You talk about a coaching perspective. I'll tell you from a personnel department's perspective, the, the only thing worse than being young and losing a lot of ball games is being old and losing a lot of ball games. I mean, this is a roster that's going to have to be completely turned over. Um, they don't have a lot of draft capital. Um, they're far away from being where they were, and you can see that frustration, I think, probably seeping in upstairs as well as downstairs in Seattle right now. It's it's a mess. DJ, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Let's let's talk on the other side of it, sir. I appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to all you guys. Rich, hope but, you guys have a wonderful week. Yeah, too, Much buddy. appreciated. That's Daniel Jeremiah. Oh, DJ, you still there? You there, DJ? Yeah. I don't mean yeah. to let you go, but I know you like having fun with me. Mr. Appalachian State, uh, does my team have a shot Saturday? What do you think? Uh, those two edge rushers got to dominate the game, Rich. Don't they? they that's it. That's, that is what it is, right? That's what it is. They got to get home on Stroud because uh, how many NFL teams would every single one of the starting receivers of Ohio State be able to start on right now? <laughs> I'm serious. You laugh, you laugh all you want. But how many, no, how many NFL teams, how many NFL teams would start one of the current Ohio State receivers right now in the yeah, NFL? They would all start one of them, I would imagine, at least one. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, this is uh, the crazy thing is, is, is I said this about the LSU group with with Jefferson and Chase. Right. We said it about the Alabama group with all their guys, and now this is the next wave, and it's at Ohio State, and it's not, it's not a crazy statement because. Um, those three are as good as it gets. The thing is, though, you, you you can't make catches and you can't make plays when your quarterback's on his back. So that's that's Michigan's hope in this one. And then run the heck out of the football. Right. So it's a lot of Haskins and then a lot of Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson. And there's a shot, is what you're saying. Absolutely. And some of those, not only getting home runs, you got to you got to get a couple turnovers with that pass rush. That's it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Come on, no big deal. <laughs> All right, Daniel, we'll chat uh, We'll chat on the other side. Thanks for the call. Good news, Rich. The good news. I'll leave you yes. with good news. Yes, sir. Thank you. You will, You will. I promise you, this is a lead pipe lock guarantee. Okay. You will do better than Michigan State did. I'm just going to tell you. That's uh, not limb, but I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, it, 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 Daniel, I, 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 uh, I zoomed into the game day morning meeting, uh, which is 3 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday. Um, I was wearing a suit because I was at a bar mitzvah but I'm a lead pipe wielding professional and I, I left what's called the kiddish lunch uh, to, to zoom in. Um, and, uh, and Richard Isico, who is the uh, producer of game day morning, a Michigan state guy says, are you at a bar mitzvah? I'm like, no, actually I'm, I'm at a wake for Mel Tucker's $95 million contract. <laughs> and I felt very good about that to the point where I'm sharing that with the audience right here. Um, but no. Uh, okay. So that, that's the, that's the, that's the floor. That's the floor. Yeah. And, oh, you got that. You okay. got that in your back pocket. And the ceiling is going to the uh, Big Ten championship game. That's it. There we go. Yeah, no okay. Big deal. All right, Daniel. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. See you, boys. Bye. That's Daniel Jeremiah right here on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> I'm going uh, to be a wreck Saturday. I know it. <clears throat> oh, yeah. No doubt about that. Kiddish lunch, by the way, uh, is after the service. Okay. Um, bagels, believe it or not. Uh, Lox, believe it oh, or not. Yes. Uh, tuna fish, white fish. Oh, it's amazing. Hell, yeah. <laughs> 
It's amazing. Yeah. Dessert situation? Well, there's oh, different yeah. types of challah there as well. Challah to brother. There's a lot of hollering, hollering at a brother <laughs> one time or two times. Um, and um, and, and I, left it, I left it. I left it to go do this uh, meeting because I'm a professional. Let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, I'll, I'll, let's play that soundbite of Pete Carroll, uh, just in case you missed that. And then overreaction Monday. You ready for that, Christopher? Oh, Rich, you know it. And then your phone calls eight four four two zero four Rich. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio outfit with our rest of all of us together. So uh, I just mentioned before um, with Daniel Jeremiah, and here it is, Pete Carroll. In yesterday's post-game press conference, nobody is more upbeat and positive than this guy over the years. Nobody. I mean, he's always about competing and through competition comes victories and he has an arguable hall of fame career carved out but he's now through that whole uh sensibility but he's now three and seven i looked it up do you know how many times pete carroll has been four games under 500 in a season as a head coach in the nfl had to have been his last year with the Patriots. The New England Patriots were not four games under 500 at any point in his tenure. Oh, never? Wow. No. Pete Carroll's New England Patriots went 10 and 6, 9 and 7, and 8 and 8, bud. There you go. Two times. He was 6 and 10 at the end of his one and done year at the Jets. Oh. And they lost all those games in a row at the end. I think they went from 6 and 5 to 6 and 10, and then they won and done them. Wow. And then he was two and six in his second year 
as head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Two and six. And that's it. And now he's at three and seven. And you could knock him over with a feather after the way they started the year. They beat the Colts. They pounded the Colts week one. Remember that? I, I, I don't. Yeah. You had to start the season for the Colts at 0-3. Wow. So now they're three and seven. They're losing. They, they've, they've just lost at home to Colt McCoy, right? Russ is back. Forget about cooking. The, and the ingredients are there. I mean, they don't know where the kitchen is. I mean, the kitchen's, yeah. the kitchen's been totally moved in the, in the house. They don't know where it is. Kitchen's closed. I mean, they can't score touchdowns. They can't move the ball. They're terrible on third down. The running game doesn't exist. Chris Carson's gone again. Yeah. DK Metcalf is seems once he was seems like he wants to fight everybody right now. It's terrible, and I don't know where the answer is. Where the light switch is coming, and this was Pete Carroll after the game. We got to get off the field again. We got to win on those third downs. There's a couple in there that that were big wins for them, and and uh, you know that's it's so different. You know, it's so different. Um, that's why I challenge the spot on the on the sneak, you know, just because it's such a big play. I know I know that the chances of them overturning that one, you know, wasn't very good. But I took a shot at it because it's they're so significant, you know. And uh, when they got 40, 40 minutes, we got twenty minutes, you know. And it really comes down to them being able to convert and us us not. And so it, it's I'm sorry, it's not not a different story. It's been the same story in and out of this this whole season. And we've got to see if we can turn this thing. I, I'm, I'm really done. What was your so, um, he left and then I, it comes back later. I know that you probably have some more questions. I don't know if I have any more answers for you, but I'll try my ass. I'll try. I'm looking and seeing that, uh, you know, we don't turn the ball over. We got two penalties in the game. What the heck, man? Um, it keeps reminding me that there's things that we're doing that we're doing well enough to be a winning football team. The turnover thing just continues to be there. And, uh, it's just really frustrating that we can't get this thing turned. So anyway, um, I'm sorry for for uh, not being aware of that there was more time. I usually defer to Dave, and I didn't do that right there. What do you got? Interesting. Wow. I mean, nobody's more positive than this guy. He said he just doesn't want to get used to He's not used to this. Right. And he doesn't want to get used good at it. And by that, he means good at answering questions why it's so bad. Yeah. They're not used to it. He's not used to it. I don't know what the way out is, man. You look at their schedule, and it's, again, the deep end of the pool in the NFC West, and they have more games left in that division right now. And the Seattle Seahawks, the way out starts next week for them a Monday nighter at Washington. Got to win that one. Home for San Francisco, at the Texans, at the Rams, home for the Bears, home for the Lions, at the Cardinals. They got to run out. You got to run that table. I mean, if you're six and one, you're nine and eight. You're nine and eight in the longest regular season ever. Will nine and eight be good enough for a seven seed? It's possible, but where's it coming from? They can't score, they can't get off the field. They don't have a first-round selection. It belongs to the Jets because of Jamal Adams, who got called for pass interference on Zach Ertz, had trouble covering him. They don't have their first-round selection. That's the only good news of the Jets right now. They, they own the second and fifth overall selections in the draft. They choose two times in the top five right now. 
844-204-RICH, number to dial. You got your overreaction Monday over there, Christopher? You got it? I got lots Let's do it. Hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. Let's do it. That was terrible. That was crap. That was garbage. This place sucks. Overreaction Mondays. Monday. All right, what do you got over there? All right, Rich, you refused to give up on this team despite me baiting you for what seemed like a month. The Chiefs should be Super Bowl favorites right now. Oh, that's an overreaction about Super Bowl favorites. Like to win the whole thing? Win the whole thing. They yeah, should no, be the favorite no, no, to win no, no, the Super No, 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 no. Even me were saying, like, I'm not giving up on the Chiefs just yet. I do feel fully vindicated on that front. I feel really good about myself that I wasn't going to take that cheese. I did say they were to lose only one game for the rest of the year. They think they've lost twice since I've said that. So um, I'm not going to anoint them Super Bowl favorites. But you do see what they're cooking now looks a lot like what they've been cooking up and if you wanted to get the Chiefs I think I would say weeks one through seven was the time to get them and a bunch of people did and that might force them to go on the road in the playoffs and that might be a problem so I'm not going to sit here and say that but if you've got Mahomes that defense Clyde Edwards Alaire is back Tyree Kill is open uh Kelsey still makes the odd mistake for him here and there they're there they still have flaws but, you know, if I had to dub a Super Bowl favorite in the AFC, I would take them. And okay. 1A would be the Patriots. Okay. 1A would be the Patriots. I've got my mulligan coming up this week. We'll discuss it quite a bit over the next 48 hours on NFL Game Day morning. I've got the Chiefs as the AFC, the Bucks as the NFC. Do I swap either one of them out? That's for later on this week. What else you got over there, Chris? All right, you just mentioned them. Wasn't going to bring up the Patriots today, but since you mentioned them, the Patriots are going to be the AFC one seed in two weeks. Uh, Two weeks. Two weeks. Well, they've got the Titans in front of them, and it depends on what the Ravens do because the Ravens are sitting in front of them right now, and I don't know off the top of my head if that's a tiebreak that the Ravens have over New England because of the their conference record or common opponents or or anything like that sort of thing. They have one less loss. They've only played 10 games. Right, so they've only played 10 games. Oh, that's the tough. Yeah, oh, that would be the tiebreaker. Is the loss column? Correct. Loss All right. Um, well, New England does have a bye coming up, right? When is that thing Week coming? 14. Week 14. Week 14. So New England's next couple of games are against the Titans. And against the Bills. And then against the Bills. <sighs> that's not an overreaction. I can't sit there and say that's an overreaction. No, that's not an over. That's entirely possible. A thousand percent entirely possible the way that they're playing, that they beat the Titans, they beat the Bills, and then the Ravens lose one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's possible. I just wanted to hear you say I'm it. telling the rest <laughs> of the football world, I've been crying this out for a month. The Patriots are coming. The Patriots are coming. They're here. I've been telling everybody that, and people still can't wrap their arms around it because it's, it's a rookie quarterback, and it's a bunch of defenders that you've never heard of many times. And the running backs and the wide receivers aren't really lighting up anybody's waiver wires. I bet you could pick up every single Patriot receiver in your fantasy league right now. Unless it's just some schmecky 14-team league like you. If you're in an 8- or a 10-team league, you could probably get Aguilar, Harry, Bourne, uh, Myers, Myers. Get them all. You could probably even get Johnny Smith. Yeah, one of the tight ends. It's possible you get Stevenson, too, the running back. That's part of the reason why everybody overlooks. It's a fantasy football world. And Belichick's laughing at you. 
What else? All right, you talked about this team earlier. Uh, won their second straight road game with a backup. The Cardinals are going to go 8-0 on the road and route to the one seed in the NFC. That's possible. That's entirely Finish the year possible. undefeated on the road. Uh, how, how can you think otherwise right now? Let me see who they have for the rest of the way now that I actually just said that blanket statement. They're at the Bears. They should win that one. They're at the Lions and they're at the Cowboys. Uh, that's not an overreaction at all. And if they do that and they keep they, they hold their ground at home, their home games to go are as a Monday nighter against the Rams, the Colts, and the Seahawks. Man, the Colts can really just absolutely wreck the buffet at the NFL Harrow Club like they've been mm-hmm. doing the last two months. Because they play the Bucks and they play the Arizona Cardinals. So they can not only put up the Colts schedule, will you please? Just I know I'm totally going down a wormhole right here, but do me a favor, put up the Colts schedule. Because the Colts, not yeah. they're done with the Titans. <laughs> so they're going to have to be one game better than the Titans. And after um, this game for the uh, the Colts this week against the Buccaneers at home, they're at the Texans. They play the Patriots. Dude, they're going to play the Patriots, the Cardinals. They could knock the Raiders out on January 2nd. And they got the Jacksonville Jaguars on, on a week 19, a week 18, when everybody's U-Haul is going to be backed up in Jacksonville. And, <laughs> and 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 that might be one where somebody somewhere in the sniffing it needs the Cardinals, I mean, needs the Colts to lose. Right. So, yes, very simply put, that's not an overreaction for the Cardinals, that's Excellent. for sure. But the Colts are going to have a say in a lot, NFC and AFC. Oh, baby. What else you got over Speaking there? Speaking of the Colts, Rich, Jonathan Taylor – is your NFL MVP frontrunner today? That is definitely an overreaction. It's who, a quarterback-driven league. Because it's a quarterback-driven league. But who else? Nobody's playing well. If Brady throws for four touchdowns tonight, what are we going to be talking about tomorrow? Uh, I'm a few hundred dollars richer. Okay, so is that what it is? <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. Uh, honestly. But he's very impressive. And, you know. He's now in the conversation. I know that because because they're above five hundred the and they're they're on the outside. Can a wild card team that's ten and seven, you know, eleven and six, a wild card team have a running back that wins the MVP? That is uh that's a that's a tall order, Nordberg. That's if, a tall order. What if they order. go twelve and you know eleven and six? That's a tall order. All right. But he's been incredible and deserves all awesome. the kudos. Yeah, awesome. What else, Christopher? Uh, with apologies to TJ and Hoskins in the back. The Cowboys and Bills peaked too early. <sighs> Come on. <laughs> Chiefs, Rich, that's who we lost to. Peaked too early. You lost without Mahomes throwing a touchdown. Yeah, that should... Uh, this this is my segment. means you should have won. Hold on a second. This <laughs> right there... This one right here should be in the Overreaction Monday Hall of Fame. Because that's what this segment is about. The Overreaction Hall of Fame. It's week 11. It's Thanksgiving week. As you know, Thanksgiving week, that's what Parcells would always say. This is when the the season begins, right? And this more than ever this year shows you week to week to week to week. Things can change back and forth. Honestly, the Chiefs were thrown on the scrap heap. By uh, by Everybody. by October first, by so many people, that's an overreaction. They have not peaked too early. Let's see what happens. And in, in, in 2020 hindsight, you might be uh, Nostradamus there. Nostradamus. But if I had to choose one that's peaked too early than the other, it's the Bills. Also, Rich, he, this man- I would choose one of the other. I, I just gave you a little bonus. 
hot take right there. If one is peaked too soon over the other, it's the Bills. This man was ready to put Patrick Mahomes on his Mount Rushmore of the history of NFL quarterbacks. And now he's like, you held him without a touchdown pass. That should be looked at as a pretty good thing, right? Like You didn't win the game. When Mahomes doesn't throw a touchdown, I'm going to look up this stat. I have ruled overreaction. I'm I'm going to look look up this stat. (laughs) Next. Next. What else? You got over there. All right. We talked about this earlier, how there's it's parody. It's the craziest week-to-week league of all time. There's at least a dozen teams who can win the Super Bowl. Oh, not an overreaction. I'll make, should I, can I name them right now? Yeah. Okay. Let's go down the list. Go. Wow. You've got the Vikings and the Eagles on, on the screen right there. And they're all due respect to Nick Sirianni. I would not clue in the dozen teams. Uh, I, I, I will say the – hold on. Here we go. I said at least a dozen. At yeah. least a dozen. Easy. All right. Let's see. Let's count them out. Bucks. Rams, Cardinals, Packers, Cowboys. That's just in the in the um That's in the NFC. In the NFC alone. Okay, I'm just throwing that out there. In the AFC, Chiefs, Titans, Patriots, Ravens, Carter. Bills. Carter. You put the Bills, right? The Bills. Chargers. Chargers. Chargers is eleven. Right, and then you want to throw at somebody else like the Steelers or I want to put the Vikings. The I, the want to, I want to put the, the 49ers. I want to put the, the 49ers. Even forget about the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're over, we're, we're over twelve. That's not an overreaction. But you want to put the Vikings? You think the Minnesota Vikings Rams can win the Super Bowl? Well, that takes me to my next overreaction, They're Rich. Way too inconsistent. Nobody wants to play the Vikings in the NFC playoffs. I, I think that's untrue. They will. They will take. They will take what? that. Of course, they won't take. They it. just put up thirty-four on that supposedly good they Packer D. Because they can't <laughs> figure out if they can start closing games late with regularity, and if Kirk Cousins can show up in a big game under the lights where you win or go home. But that's why nobody wants to play that. I, I would. I would take the Vikings right now over the forty. Niners. I'd rather face the Viking. Oh. The 49, I'd rather face the Vikings instead of the 49ers. Oh, you'd rather play the Vikings? Yes. Yes. Agreed. And I know they've got a terrific receiving core and a terrific running back. I've got Dalvin Cook in fantasy. He's a delight. I, I Honestly, they're just way too inconsistent for me right now. I call that an overreaction. You got one more? One more, and, oh, and it's about the 49ers. They're back. Yes. Oh, yeah. Going to make the playoffs. Uh, I'll say yes. Yes to which I'm part? Going, I, I, I will say that is not an overreaction. Okay. That that the recency that I'm seeing is not biased. I'm seeing what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the old school stuff, man. I'm seeing Debo's coming out from Debo, nowhere. Baby. You have no idea where Ooh, he's coming from. So Ayuk has now gotten in the end zone. He's he's found again. Jimmy G. <laughs> Really? Kittle Kittle's G. playing well. Kittle's got to stay healthy. Yes. Notice when this all started, Kittle's back. Yep. It goes through Kittle, man. It clearly goes through running game, and it goes through Debo, and it goes through a tough defense, but it goes through Kittle. And guess who they play next week? The Vikings. Okay. <laughs> it's on. It's on. It's on. Crack it. Let's go. Good overreaction Monday once Thank again, you. sir. Take a break. Your phone calls, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Baker Mayfield has started. Uh, talk. Oh, has he finally stopped talking? His, his interview He's is been uh, talking. Okay, yeah, very good. His, his press conference is over. We'll, just, we'll hit that still to come, too. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Outfit. Good to chat with everybody. Um, let's go to Jason in Miami. You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Jason? Hey, Rich. How you doing? What's going on? Rich, I need help, man. I'm in a lot of pain today. What's uh, I'm not good at all. I'm just sick. Um, I don't know if you remember my call a few, uh, a few weeks ago. I was all excited for Christmas Day. And- yes, the way things turned out, I, I just should have stayed asleep. I was unconsolable, unresponsive. My could, my wife couldn't cheer me up. My kids. There's only I... one person walking the face of the earth who can talk me off this ledge. Who's going to tell me everything's going to be all right? I got the you. The light is going to shine on me. I got you. Help me forget <laughs> my troubles. There's just one voice. Yes. The voice of Richard Aloysius. Isaac. Thank you very much. My middle name's <laughs> Seth. I know Aloysius it's okay. Is not your middle name. It's Seth. Wikipedia didn't give me one, and I, I needed the dramatic effect. You know what I mean? Aloysius well, works. It's a good thing you didn't check. It's a good thing you didn't check Wikipedia about eight, nine, ten years ago because it said Rich White Mamba Isaac for some reason. <laughs> yeah, right. Nice. Remember that, Chris? Remember yeah, that was there? I do remember White that was there Mamba. for a long time. But how can I help? What do you? What do you? What? What, what do you need from me? Two things. Two two quick things. Yeah. First of all. I need the Cowboys to win a big game, man. I don't want to hear about Cooper being out, mm-hmm. Tyron Smith, CD getting hurt. I don't want to hear all of that. The Cards are playing without Kyler and Hopkins. That's the true. Ravens are playing without Lamar and Marquise right. Brown. That's true. Great teams adjust no matter who's on the field. Let's go. I'm no. tired of it. It's, people are talking about this is the time. This is Dak is different from the previous yes. quarterback era. Yes. Yes. So let's 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 do it. What's let's, your what's no your more excuses? I don't care who's hurt. Let's let's go. Okay. What's your other what's your other thing? So I can I can I can I can give you what you need all in one fell swoop. All right. Well, the other one is, and I'm, I'm in a bunch of fantasy leagues. I'm in a big money league and a little money league. Okay. Whatever money is money, right? Yes, sir. This week I was the Titans losing to the tech, Texans. A uh, cupcake got me. Russ is killing me. DK is killing me. Oh, boy. Devontae Smith is inconsistent. The Bills got a zero, grand total of zero points. Yes. And I went from first place to fifth place with four weeks to go before the postseason. So, Rich. Yes. I need you to please okay. rub my back. Okay, here we go. Tell me your story. Here you go. Here's rub. Okay. Here's the two things. One, fantasy. I was 0-3, and, and now I'm 6-5. and five. Look at me. Okay? I can live to tell the tale. Don't you worry. It's just one week. And that's the other thing about the Cowboys. It's just a week-to-week league. It did not go very well. And you've got Thanksgiving coming up. You know, Zeke will be jumping in that Salvation Army pot a couple of times against the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't think you should be concerned about it. I think you're back on the winning ways in just a few days' time. And then you get nice and healthy. And then you got a big game against New Orleans, and everybody's back. And then you start rumbling. 
It's entirely possible what I just said, all of it. And now here I am just extending my arms, and I'm going to give you one of those bro hugs, which just means here we go, I'm extending, and then we just tap, tap, and then we separate. There you go. Okay? Boom, boom, and then hope we you, separate. Hope that's, you feel good. Ho- hope that worked for you. That. Okay, there you go. That's, uh, that's Jason in Miami, everybody. <laughs> did I help out? He's not wrong, though. Come up with one of those dubs. They did against the Vikings, though. They did yeah. that. Yeah, they mean, had one it, of those on Sunday night. Cooper just, rushed. I mean, you got one of them out of the way. That's it. The Cardinals three, just had two of them. That's all. They had two of them. They just got three losses, and people are just like they're trash. Like I, they're not trash. No, no I'm saying people are saying people that aren't they're, saying tra- they're trash. Are they're they? not trash. They yeah. just peaked too early. Brockman was a good point. You think they peaked too early? <laughs> no, <laughs> this guy, like this guy, this Patriot. Like I never really cared too much, but look it's out, like he's man. starting to make me look out. Like, Turn Uh-oh. on him. Uh-oh. Look out. Uh-oh. Look out. Because right now he has every leg to stand on, and right now you're a little hobbled. That's okay. Because again, just let me just conjure up a a time. What's today's date? The 22nd? Mm-hmm. 22nd. RIP JFK. Let's yeah. go to December 22nd. I don't have a crystal ball, as you know. There's no such thing as a crystal ball. We have a magic eight ball. Magic eight ball. Here we, we go. Magic eight ball. Here we go. This is just for you. Here we go. <laughs> December 22nd. The Washington football, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys are going to f- finish up at New Orleans, at Washington, at the Giants. They're going to be finishing up that three-game road trip stretch. I think they go, let's go, let's give them two and one, right? I think that's two and one. That's a nine-win situation. That's nine and four going into the, the day after Christmas, Sunday night game against the Washington football team at home. And you got Tank, Randy, Tyron, CD and Amari Cooper all back. How do you feel about that? Feel Nine great. and three with those guys back. Maybe four of those five back. I feel tremendous. Of course you do. Everybody just take a beat. Calm down. Take a breath. <laughs> Inhale. Chill. For five. Usa. Exhale for six. That's it. It's very, very simple. But in the meantime, kind of sucked yesterday. <laughs> those things can all be true. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. It can all be true. 